Are you looking for a studio to get your next tattoo or piercing? The Tattoo Studio in Muncie, Indiana is the official tattoo studio of DJG Motorsports. Operating for 23 years, the Tattoo Studio has an experienced lineup of artists, including Josh, Ross, and Shannon, who are ready to work with you, whether you are getting your first tattoo or you are ready to get back in the chair. I can promise you that you will leave the studio happy. I have gotten all my tattoos from the Tattoo Studio and have been recommending them for years. To make an appointment, you can call 765-284-8429. The Tattoo Studio is open from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Sundays. Drivers, start your engines! What's up, everybody? We are on episode 28. Uh, we're a week away from our one-year anniversary. Isn't it podcast. exciting? It's very exciting. Um, I know that we weren't quite able to get an episode out every week. Life happens. I'm sure people understand that. But uh, anyway, it's already October, man. I know. This year has flown by. But the green flag is out, and we are ready to roll three wide with DJG. Dakota, how we doing? I had a week. Dude. Because I'm, of work. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Um, but, yeah, I am excited because Winchester 400 is just a big deal anyway. But um, we are celebrating our one year. Who would have thought? Not me. When I talk about it with people, I'm like, you know, the first couple episodes, it was like, mm, I don't know what's going to happen. And now we've done it for a year. Not, yeah. I mean, not like through and through, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's a big deal to me. So, no, I, uh, I think very it's exciting a big deal too. And I'm just ready for Winchester. Yeah. It seems like the weather's going to hold out this year. So, well, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. No more, uh, hopefully, we don't have to deal with mud, but yeah, I'm doing good. How about you, buddy? Not too bad. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a little tired. I didn't sleep well last night, and we were up late anyway because of our, our race, yeah. high racing. Um, but other than that, I've been really busy, really busy at work, which isn't a bad thing, I guess. Makes the days go by a little bit faster. It's just, I suppose it's just a lot, <laughs> uh, but Hey, it's fine. Um, uh, it's Friday. It Got is. a couple of days off to just kind of relax and do whatever. So thankful for that. Um, but no, other than that, not too bad. Um, I did see a post today. I, I sent it to you and AJ about uh, Circle City mm-hmm. Dirt Track and Indy running a show on like Halloween weekend. So, and the Crown Vicks are running, and I, I don't know, man. I'm, I was going to ask, have you decided I have in a short decided. amount of time that you uh, <laughs> sent it to us? I haven't. I kind of want to, but I'm just not sure because of the fact that I haven't looked at anything since the 100 Lapper, and I'm sure there's some... There's some things that need to be done, but it's the end of the season, so I might just say screw it and go take it and do what I do. I think you should. I think it'd be fun. I'm kind of nervous, like thinking about it, but you know, it'd be my first dirt race. I'd be out there. I'd embarrass myself for sure. But hey, it's part of it. You got to learn somehow. Also, just the experience of doing it, right, is probably top notch. Right. I would do it if my car was on jacks, but I'm also looking at a long term goal for myself. So, but but. If my car was on the ground on four wheels, I would absolutely probably go. I I, I got time <laughs> to decide, so fair. We'll figure it out. 
Anyway, we'll we'll start off with uh, Talladega. Yeah. Uh, so your top five in the trucks were Matty D uh, took home the win. Uh, awesome finishes all weekend, I yeah. must say. Um, I know the truck to truck race. It took about I don't know five ten minutes for them to actually figure out who finished the race first um, because of the crazy finish. But Matty D brought home the win. Uh, ben Rhodes came home P two, uh, followed by Brett Holmes, Ryan Priest, and Christian Eckes. Um, top five in the Xfinity was AJ Allmendinger, Sam Mayer, Landon Castle, Ryan Seed, and Josh Berry. Uh, Allmendinger stole that yeah. from Mayer. Yeah. Again, another awesome finish. Um, and then your top five in the Cup Series was Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Michael McDowell. Uh, awesome for him. Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin. So I have to ask. I didn't really get to watch a lot of this race. Uh, did was there? Any, like, big wrecks or anything, or was it pretty tame the whole time? In the Cup Series, it was pretty tame. Um, Do you think it was because drivers were... Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I say that because... Scared? I, I, I wanted to bring my laptop out here. I forgot it, but um, there was an article I was reading about drivers' responses to the safety of Next Gen and, and that whole um, mess. And uh, I'm pretty sure Chase Elliott was quoted in that article saying, like, talking about drivers protesting, basically, and... and yeah deciding not to race and um, a lot of drivers and, and people involved in motorsports figured that the race would be pretty tame because of their concerns with safety. And yeah, I mean, I, if somebody was to get seriously hurt, this would have been the race had they wrecked. And I'm glad yeah. that they didn't obviously, but me too. I think, like I said, I didn't get to watch a lot of it, but the fact that, you know, they almost every super speedway race, they're wrecking crossing the finish line or like the lap mm-hmm. before, you know what I mean? And that didn't happen, so I think a lot of guys were just, I don't necessarily want to say afraid, but more hesitant to make some of the moves that they would normally make. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, watching it, I was holding my, I mean, all three races, I was holding my breath, but especially the Cup Series, I was I was really hoping that nothing um, happened, and I, I was surprised that they were able to keep it clean um, how they did. But um, the safety... <laughs> Well, okay, we'll go into this. So Jordan Anderson, if you didn't know or didn't watch, um, was involved in a very, very, very scary accident, um, which started out with this truck bursting into flames. um, And he ended up, his truck was heading towards the outside wall. He had already unbuckled and was halfway out of the truck when the truck hit the outside wall. And I'll tell you, I don't think the commentators really knew what was happening, but I was on my couch. I jumped up and I said, oh, shit. This is about to be bad. And um, it looked like from the first shot, I was like, he just got crushed and he's probably dead. Um, I know a lot of people felt that way, but that was uh, terrifying. Well, you messaged me right after that happened. You were like, oh, my God, did you see that? And I'm like, no. And so I instantly got on Twitter and was like trying to find a video of what happened. And, of course, nobody had posted it yet Mm -hmm. because everybody was like making sure he was okay first. But eventually I saw the video of it and I was like, I was like, this dude's hanging out the car already, and yeah. like it's still rolling pretty fast. Yeah, and and so my first thought was, I haven't felt that way. Truck, my bad, not car. <laughs> my first thought was, I never felt that way, or I hadn't felt that way since Ryan Newman's accident. When I saw that happen live, I was sick. Watching this accident happen live, I was sick, and I thought for sure that it was going to be worse than what it ended up being. Um, he ended up with, like, second-degree burns on his, what, I think he said like face, like neck, arm, hand, arms, leg. something, something or other. 
Yeah. Um, thankfully, uh, I mean, it's bad, but it's not worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then I, so I told you guys, I was like, I hadn't felt that way since Newman's wreck. And then my dad was like waiting for the replay. I was like, they're not going to show it until they know he's okay. Because I mean, nobody knew, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but a lot of people were giving him slack for unbuckling and trying to get out of the truck before the truck stopped. And my thing is that fire was huge. It wasn't just a normal oil file fire or, you know, a fuel line rupturing and, and catching fire. It was like a big fire. And I guess he, his fire suit was like drenched in what looked like oil. So, I mean, it was a massive fire. So I, I can understand his, you know, trying to get out like survival mode kicked in, um, trying to get out of that truck. So I can't necessarily blame him for what he did, but, uh, definitely scary to, to watch. This makes me want to like get in all my gear get in the car and just sit there and practice and see how fast I can get out of the car if need be. You know what I mean? And, and and that doesn't sound crazy at all. all. There are drivers who, who come out and say like, I practice, you know, there I've seen drivers take it to the next level and they will like black out their visor and do it based on memory Mm -hmm. because in, in situations like that, you can't see. see. Um, and, and so, I mean, that's critical. I mean, that's life and death Mm -hmm. or serious injury. And so, um, I'll tell you, I was telling mom, mom and dad, I was like, you know, um, all these people giving them crap about it. I was like, you know, I had my car caught fire, nothing, nothing compared to this. I mean, it was a little electrical fire, but my fat was out of that car in seconds because I don't play with that, you know? And I think that was because of what we saw at Anderson. Ugh, I don't ever want to see something like that ever. Again. Exactly. And like, that's another situation of like, you know, practicing on how to get out of your car and taking safety seriously. So um, I don't, I don't mess with fire. And if my car, if I ever hear anyone say fire, I'm getting out of that car. I don't care. So, um, but I'm glad to see that Jordan's doing, a, doing better. Um, I know he has a long road ahead of him, but, um, I'm looking forward to him getting back in the truck. Um, another big, uh, piece of news from da- Talladega, uh, Haley Deegan scores her best career finish with a sixth place finish. Working on up there. Yeah. And and we have uh, more news regarding her later, but um, Kevin Harvick was penalized. He was one of the drivers. It was him and uh, Truex, who were the random <clears throat> cars to be taken back to R and D. Um, they found that the team had um, messed with the rear deck lid. He was docked a hundred points, and uh, Rodney Childers was suspended for four races and fined a hundred thousand dollars. And then following Talladega, uh, William Byron won his appeal. Now, this incident happened at Texas, I believe they said. Um, they had docked him points and fined him $50,000 um, for him wrecking somebody. I don't know. Denny. Thank you. Denny under caution, I believe. Yep. Um, they appealed that penalty. Um, and for whatever reason, the board, the appeals board, uh, gave Byron his points back but increased his fine to $100,000, which, when they docked him the points, messed with the uh, playoff standings. Um, By them giving him his points back, it, again, (laughs) messed with the playoff uh, standings. So um, if you want to go through that, or I can, uh, the current playoff standings heading into the Roval. Uh, So currently we got Chase Elliott sitting in the lead with one win. Uh, Ryan Blaney, plus 32. Ross Chastain, plus 28. Denny Hamlin, plus 21. Joey Logano plus 18, uh, Kyle Larson plus 18, 
William Byron, uh, because of the points change, uh, plus 14. Daniel Suarez, plus 12. Below the cut line, we have Chase Briscoe, minus 12. Austin Sendrick, minus 12. Christopher Bell, minus 45. And Alex Bowman, minus 66. So we got two drivers in must-win situations, for yeah. sure. Um, so we'll look forward to them driving well, the wheels off the car. So here's the thing, and you saying that uh, made me want to question this. So we do have an injury report. Um, Bowman and Cody Ware will miss Sunday's race at the Charlotte Roval. Gregson will sub for Bowman. Now, if Gregson wins, does that count for it will Bowman? Go to, yeah. Okay. So Gregson would have to win this race. Very long shot. Where are we at? Charlotte Roval. Yeah, it happened. Um, I, it, I mean, it, it would be a punch in the gut, but I would want to know what Alex feels right now, being in the playoffs, being in a must win situation because of how, um, <laughs> just the season is going with him. Yeah. You know, the, the the things that are happening with him out of the car, what that must feel like. I mean, it, <laughs> I can't imagine it feel good, right? But, like, it's way out of your control now. And, and for um, the reason that you're out is because the safety of these cars um, must be um, real upsetting, I guess. I will say, though, Noah's done a pretty good job filling oh, in. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think um, this is great practice for Noah, so I'm not complaining because Noah is – um, going to the cup going to the cup series, so um, it's a good experience for him. But I would hate to be Bowman right now. Oh, for sure. So uh, does this mean Kurt Busch is back? No, uh, sorry, Kurt Busch is still out. Okay, um, have not heard any updates regarding. I him. haven't either. Um, I don't expect him. To He'll come probably back. stay out for the rest of the season, if not for the rest of ever. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm still. Uh, I still don't know what to I'm think. still putting some money on him retiring after this season and just I mean I don't know how that's going to work with Tyler Reddick but I, I I don't see him I mean maybe he does and surprises me but I don't see him again thinking that the reward is is outweighing the the risk of it right. especially with a head injury I mean that's not something to take lightly and you know the risk of these cars is to get a concussion off of a little slap off the wall um I wouldn't risk it but that's just me so I don't know I agree. Um, um, I got yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So that leads into this next. So NASCAR, 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 crash, NASCAR, crash, <laughs> NASCAR uh, conducted a crash test uh, this Wednesday. Uh, they focused on the rear bumper of the next gen car. Uh, so they wanted to do these tests to determine what changes they would need to make to reduce uh, impact that drivers experience from rear crashes. Despite their findings, which have not been released. NASCAR would not implement these changes until the 2023 season. Uh, I don't see these findings being released anytime soon. No, um, but I I did want to ask you, do you think it's okay or understandable for NASCAR not to implement these changes with five races left in the season? It depends on the data to me. Sure, but okay, so then let's say that the data shows that these changes would, in fact, I mean, I guess there are factors that go into it, um, turnaround time to get the rear clips changed out or something that may hold up better, but let's say that the data suggests that these changes would, in fact, work and the turnaround time would not be anything that impacts the race schedule. And No, it needs to be done now because I think at this point they're just waiting for something bad to happen before... You know, and they're, they're playing with fire at that point. 
Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to get, you play with fire, you get burned. That's, that's the nature of the beast here. So, I mean, if it's within reason, like if the data shows that, hey, like this is, which we don't need the data to know that, hey, that's an issue because we have right. two drivers that are out right now because of the same situation. So, you know, if they have a way to fix it or at least minimize it, that can be done rather quickly. And that's my thing. It doesn't have to be a permanent change right now. If there's mm-hmm. just a quick fix to be like, hey, we can do this to decrease the the risk for the remainder of the season. Okay, do that. No, it's not a fix. But, hey, your chances of getting hurt are significantly less because of this simple change. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that has to be done. Um, so, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with not doing it for the rest of the season if it is some major change like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, you can't play with the driver's safety like that. So It's a double-edged sword. Right. So I'm going to ask another hypothetical here. So NASCAR conducts these tests to determine what changes, if any, could – I mean, there is obviously a solution to this. Um, as At least that's what I learned in engineering. There's always a solution if you find it um, or look for it. But um, if – do you think – I mean, NASCAR should be focusing on these tests, but do you think that they should also be focusing on that short-term fix, something that could help? in the last five races instead of just saying, hey, we're not going to make any changes until next season. There's nothing that we can do now. So, you know, just risk the last five races. I think from my experience, you could work on the short-term fix. And then, like, if you do it correctly, that could branch into the long-term fix. Like, the short-term fix doesn't have to be some super off-the-wall thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be something that leads into a bigger solution. That's just my opinion. But you also don't have to delegate your entire team of engineers to come up with a temporary solution. I'm sure a couple heads together could do that. Mm-hmm. Just something. Right. And I think that's what the drivers are asking for the most. I mean, obviously, they, they like Denny Hamlin had some harsh words and said that the entire car needs redesigned. Um, you know, and I don't think drivers and teams are expecting a a long-term solution be made with five races remaining. I think that might be too much to ask for, but... Um, I would at least want NASCAR and their R&D team to come up with a short-term fix so that I'm not risking my driver's safety um, and, and exposing them to a higher chance of getting a head injury because of a relatively minor accident. Um, so I don't know. I also want to know why like this specific wreck data wasn't conducted prior. Or maybe it was, and it just wasn't looked at as closely. But Well, and that's what, I think that was one of the points I was trying to make last week was, like, they crash test these cars. They had data. So did they only run certain tests to get certain data and not, and, and didn't expect that the rear clip was going to be an issue and just didn't test it or had minimal testing or, you know, like, I think that goes back into, I think NASCAR should be more transparent. Especially, I mean, maybe they don't owe anything to the public and people can have their opinions about that. But I think NASCAR should be more transparent and say, hey, this is the test that we conducted. Here's the data. Supposedly, they, they released that information to the team. So, you know, to your point, I don't know if it was overlooked and they just didn't think anything of it or or the data that they had is not what is now happening now. I, I don't know. But what would have changed between the two? You know what I mean? So that's a good question. Yeah, like how does... I guess just how does something like that slip through the cracks? Like, how does it get overlooked, or how do you just not get the data for that specific thing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
<laughs> I could go on but about see, that. I mean, I could too. And I, I, I just want to say that I think NASCAR has been really shady this last season. First with, you know, the the rumors about Crash this time he's dying. Um, they supposedly provided teams with data. And then drivers start getting hurt. And then NASCAR comes out and says, well, you're just going faster and you're hitting it at different angles. They're not they never before. Faster. That's some right? And then now they decide to start te- like why first of all why wait till now to start testing anyway i mean this problem has been a pro- like i mean maybe i mean it's immediately after kurt bush's accident i think the ball should have been rolling not after a second driver but again i don't know what's going on behind closed doors but <clears throat> just the way they've handled this entire situation is, and how they're handling any relationship with their teams on any subject now as we'll get into later, is just astonishing. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was Chase Elliott that said this, but I just want to kind of branch off of it again. Not necessarily branch off of it again, but bring it up again, is that with the way technology advances the way it does, like Mm -hmm. there's no reason that we should be taking steps backwards. And And that's what I tried telling Hunter in the Discord chat was, you know, I think the old cars were safe, the Gen 6 or whatever. Um but for us to go from that car to this car and like Chase Elliott said, like you said, you know, we've made a lot of investments since 1948 and now we've taken huge steps back for us being in 2022 and having all of this, you know, advancements in science and safety and data and engineering for us to drop the ball on this is again, astonishing. And before any of you come at us, not that you would, but like, I know I don't. I know the drivers don't. They're not expecting perfect. You're not going to no. get perfect. But something like a matter that's as serious as this can't just. And and Chase Chase made the same point in that article that I was referring to earlier was, you know, we're not. We know what we do is inherently dangerous, but these cars should not be adding to the danger. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it. What's different from this car? than the last car i mean these guys strapped in and is doing the same exact thing and didn't worry about like the conversation of safety wasn't an issue back then and then we jumped to a new car which i do think was rushed by the way and a lot of drivers feel that way too and now the entire conversation is safety and how drivers don't trust these cars to keep them safe wasn't uh the use of these cars actually delayed from what it was originally supposed to be Probably, but even then, I still feel that's like it's what I'm rushed. Saying, like, imagine you th- we feel like it's rushed now. Imagine what it would have been like. Oh like, yeah, don't, for don't sure. Don't hold me to that. I don't know if that's true or not. But I want to add on something here that we, you and I, had mentioned we wanted to talk about was that uh, Jeff Burton told drivers to stop talking to the media about the safety of the cars. Yeah, and so to me, like he's trying to censor them. And I, I do want to provide some context. Um. To my understanding, Jeff Burton is the liaison between drivers and teams and NASCAR, mm-hmm. and um, and he told drivers in this meeting prior to the race on Sunday at Talladega that they should basically stop airing their grievances to the media and take the appropriate what did he like faucets basically or, or the appropriate avenues 
to to address NASCAR. So instead of going to the public and and complaining, they need to go the appropriate means to NASCAR and their teams and say, "Hey, these cars aren't safe." But again, I think that's because I guarantee you these drivers have been sharing their concerns for a long time, which is why it led up to um, Harvick and Hamlin both coming out publicly and speaking out on it. And now we have Chase Elliott, who's who's been asked about it, now speaking out on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I mean, and somebody even said, you know, Chase Elliott doesn't talk much about no. anything. And so when he does, it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, which is what I said last week, I would love to see more drivers speak out on it. Hopefully more drivers are going to start speaking out on it without fear of repercussion from NASCAR and say, look, we have been having these conversations and we feel like we're not being listened to. At what point do you think they stop caring about the repercussions they may receive from NASCAR, though? Like, what do you think it takes for them to get there? I mean, what my thing is, what could NASCAR possibly do other than find them? And even then, I feel like that's just unfair. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you're literally sleeping on concerns of drivers and their safety. This might be a terrible analogy, but that could be like you buy a product from a company. It's awful. You leave a bad review and they fine you for it. Right. Like there's there's no difference here. No. It, it It's literally like you have a workplace complaint. You go to HR or your boss and then they fire you for it, which has happened, by the way. That's exactly what it is in this instance. They're it's not going to fire you, but they they're, you're going to have repercussions regardless of your, I mean, legitimate concern. And... It's it, and then Jeff Burton coming out at the orders of NASCAR to tell these drivers to stop talking to media. It like it all started off as constructive criticism. That's all it was. Like the drivers, you know, they knew, but then like nothing was happening. So they're like, okay, well, we're not, we're we're fed up with it. It's no longer like a, hey, we would like this has to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about that too, I think again, NASCAR is handling this off uh, poorly very awful way of handling it drivers had these concerns way before these cars were introduced when they were doing the crash testing the first time around and the rumors about crash test dummies being killed in testing i remember vividly drivers talking out about it and nascar just brushed it off and they're like no that didn't happen and said that that's not what happened these cars are safe and now we have two drivers out with concussions because these cars don't move an inch when you wreck them Mm mm-hmm so, I don't know what NASCAR is doing, but somebody needs to get their together. I agree. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, silly season update. Uh, Haley Deegan will make her Xfinity debut at Las Vegas. How do you think she's going to do? I'm, I, I hope she does well. I think, let me ask you a question about Haley. <clears throat> because I th- a lot of people had a lot to say about this. Do you think the criticisms, the valid criticisms that she gets about her driving and ability to drive are fair? I mean, I think she can drive. Like, she's young. Mistakes are made. Like, it's no different. It is different. But, I mean, Ty Gibbs makes stupid decisions all the time. Like, yeah, he gets repercussions from it. But, hey, like, you make mistakes and you learn from it. Like, she's gotten better since she's been in truck. That's very obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, she dominated in ARCA whenever yeah. she was running ARCA. Um, I, was, I was just asking because uh, I think she'll do well. I think most of her, <clears throat> um, 
incidents are because she's caught in it. Yeah. Now, whether that's the driver's approach on qualifying and, and just wanting to start mid-pack or rear, I don't know. Or the team gives her a setup that just isn't working. Um, but I think she does well. And I think criticisms that she gets is unfair. You got to make do with what you got, what you're given. And then, you know, people are like, well, her other teammates can run well. And it's like, okay, but I, I don't think it's fair to necessarily compare teammates because it's a lot of factors go into it. Now, if they if you give them the same exact setup, same exact information, and they run and she's just outbeat, that's one thing. But I don't think that's necessarily the case here. So Yeah, if you're going to sit here and tell me that you think all of the, like, Stuart Haas guys are running the exact same setup or all of the Joe Gibbs guys are running the exact same setup to a T. Mm-hmm. You are lying. Yep. And so I don't know why. Oh, yeah, I did. Because um, she's getting a lot of shit for this announcement. But I think she'll do well. Um, well, even like uh, <coughs> someone asked me, they were like, don't you have to be good? I'm like, well, if someone wants you to drive Xfinity, like if someone wants you to move up, you're going to move move up hi i'm gonna host a, uh, our, my first edition of motorsports 101 it don't matter if you got talent or not it's about the f- money yeah. and if you have it you got a seat congratulations yeah. pretty much unfortunately i mean that's just the way it is though um <coughs> and Haley has a lot going in her favor unfortunately i think um you know she's a woman in nascar in a series of nascar and so brands are looking at you um I mean, even at that. She takes advantage of it, right? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. No. I'm just saying that it sucks that because of her gender, that's why brains are are looking at her. Oh, well, she's one of the few women of NASCAR, so let's pile money on her. Like, she has talent. Can we just leave it at that instead of saying, well, she's a woman? I mean, even beyond that, I think she carries herself very well. Um, Like, her social media interaction is good. Like, she's just... She's good for branding. She yeah. she was the most popular driver for the truck series. But I, I guess my point was, I think people sell her short and say, "Oh, it's just because she's a woman." No, yeah, like there's more to it. Like she's one of like, one of few drivers who does amazingly well. On, like you said on social media. Like I watch her YouTube. Obviously, it takes a lot of time to produce that stuff, and it looks really good. It's good content. So, um, I think people should give her more credit than just saying, "Oh, she's a woman," so that's why. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But. <clears throat> I mean, she's not out there being like, oh, boo-hoo, I'm a woman. This isn't fair. Like, she knows what she's up against. She don't complain about it, at least not publicly. I mean, I think anytime she complains is valid, like, complaints. Um, but, but she's not throwing the uh, boo-hoo, I'm a woman, feel bad for me. Thing. Right. Like, she doesn't. No, she don't do that. Right. Um, no, I think she's a good driver. She has a lot to learn still. But all drivers do. Um, I'm hoping that she gets to to move up in the series uh, of NASCAR. I hope that she doesn't pull a Danica though and try to like what killed Danica's career was jumping up early from Xfinity to Cup that ruined her career. I hope she doesn't make a, a, a mistake like that. But I think she does have a lot of potential, and um, I think she has a long career in racing. I do too. Um, more news. Almondinger to return to Cup Series with Colleague. Also, Colleague news: Chandler Smith will compete in Xfinity. Uh, and then, sad news: DGR will transition to Toyota, possibly becoming the new feeder series. Um, interestingly enough, when I was writing these show notes at work the other day, before this news came out, 
first of all, congrats to Chandler Smith. I think that's a huge deal for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm happy to see him move up. Um, but I, I wrote down a question, and it, I was going to ask you if you thought Kyle Busch was going to be the downfall of Toyota with him losing KBM. And then, not 30 minutes after I wrote that, it was announced that um, David Gillard Racing would be going to Toyota from Ford, which I tweeted about uh, and aired my grievances, but said, I understand if Toyota, I mean, Toyota was looking for a feeder program because they lost KBM. Um, and I think uh, David Gillard Racing is a good team to, to uh, tap on the shoulder. But it goes back to, Ford's not doing enough in the sport, I don't think. Um, I've heard that from a lot of people, that Ford is just not actively engaged like Toyota and Chevy are, and maybe their funding isn't that great either. So if it, if Toyota tapped me on the shoulder, I would absolutely take it, as much as I don't care for Toyota. I asked Brent when we were at Mount Lawn, which for those of you that don't know, my friend Brent is a race engineer for Thor Sport. I don't know if he wanted me to disclose that information, but that is his job title. So, um, But I asked him, I was like, so, I was like, why did Thor Sport transition to Toyota? And I don't remember exactly what he said, but his answer made perfect sense. And I want to say it had something to do, something along the lines of what you just said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe it. I've heard a lot of people talk about how Ford, I mean, look at their social media and compare it to Chevy and Toyota. Who has the most tweets regarding their teams in NASCAR? Who's posting the most about NASCAR? New, uh, you know what I mean? Like their team's activity in the sport. And I'm telling you, I don't think their funding is that great. I've heard that from plenty of people. And so, again, Chevy and Toyota are, I mean, Toyota more so than Chevy, but those two are absolutely dominating the sport. And then you have Ford who, and we talked about this uh, at Winchester last year when we went to the ARCA race. There was two one or two Fords, and then Xfinity had one Ford for a while with Riley Herbst. And, you know, the few Fords in in the Cup Series, more in the Cup Series than the other series, but it's like, if they want to be competitive, I'm not saying Ford isn't competitive, it's just, you know, to compete against Toyota's marketing and stuff like that, they really need to step it up, and I think it's a shame. Yeah, but what are you going to do? I guess NASCAR's just going to be four uh, Toyotas and Chevys. And then Dodge when they come back. We caused a lot of for posting that TikTok about us <laughs> yeah, talking about that. But hey, whatever. Um, all righty. Well, that takes us. I wanted to talk about this, but I doubt either of us have too many opinions on it. Um, NASCAR's race for the championship <clears throat> um, was uh, broadcasted on USA, I believe. Um, but people were pointing out that viewership had decreased from the first episode or one week to to the next week viewership decreased many believe that it was due to the network and the time that it was being aired uh it was announced today that the series will be streamed on peacock which many had been calling for um i guess my first question is have you watched an episode of race for the championship i have not okay. i didn't know it was a thing i okay so that's so that goes into my thought process on this so i haven't watched it either I've been meaning to, but because of work and the time that it airs, I I just can't watch it. But um, so the point of this series was to um, kind of bring the same success that um, Drive to Survive brought for F1. So this is their their version of that for NASCAR. And 
the premises around it was to again bring more exposure to NASCAR, give fans a behind the scenes look at at um, drivers and teams and and stuff like that. On paper, million dollar execution, million dollar ID idea, uh, execution zero dollars <laughs> zero cents. It's awful um, because, like you, not a lot of people knew about it. No, no idea. Um, I've seen it a couple times on social media, but, you know, the exposure for that wasn't great. Um, and then you broadcast it on a channel that some people might not even have. I don't know how ch- cable t- uh, television works as far as, like, what channels you get. So that might play a factor in it. Um, more people opt for streaming services anyway. Um, so they should have put it on Peacock at the beginning and they didn't and now they're doing it now but um i think that's a shame yeah nascar is really dropping the ball them and their teams are really dropping the ball on a lot of stuff which is unfortunate because people are upset about it yeah a lot of people are upset about it i'm (laughs) because no in all seriousness i've watched drive to survive um think i i think it's absolutely wonderful uh how they um broadcast everything in an episode and in a series uh, season. So I highly recommend you guys watching if you haven't, but I've always said that after watching it, that NASCAR needs to have their own um, concept of that to bring exposure and, and whatnot. And uh, they, they came up with this and I'm not going to talk about it because I haven't watched it uh, outside of what I'm already saying, but you know, I think they could have done a, a way better job at, exposing this series to fans and potential fans and and really driving the hype and they didn't and uh so it sounds like based on viewership that this whole project was a waste of money and potentially could have been and it's like why would you waste your money because first of all i know this ain't cheap why would you waste all that money um to create a series to in hopes of helping your your brand and your um company and your business and racing and then not do everything else and half everything else what's the point of that right hey instead invest in three wide with djg we would greatly appreciate it <laughs> for sure <laughs> um moving on yeah okay so uh last week we talked about the controversy at mount lawn in the modified series with jj schaefer and uh, Ryan Amonette dealing with the points championship. Matt Lawn has since responded to the controversy. Uh, Matt Lawn, they do a live, Facebook Live, every Tuesday typically, um, just kind of talking about events, covering this, that, and the other. I w- Sorry to interrupt. I did not go back and watch it. I meant to. So everything that we are about to say, the very few sentences we're about to say, um, was through my dad. The so, G of DJG. <laughs> yeah, so if this is completely wrong, uh, Blame it's him. his fault. Yeah. Uh, so Matt Lawn decided to stand by their decision. Dave and Jimmy said they spoke with other promoters and believed that the decision they made was the correct one. Uh, they also said that they had informed JJ that uh, the decision to name him points, champion, uh, points champion was not official. Um, so according to them, he was aware that... Um, there was some technicality somewhere, something. Or that, the potential of. Yes. So, um, I don't know. There's two sides to every story. There's three sides to this story, actually. So, I don't know. Yeah. I I was, 
I didn't even get to see the end of the race because I was strapped in my race car <laughs> waiting to go out on the track. So, I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think we touched base on what Ryan said, but I believe I heard Ryan basically said that it's unfortunate and he hates it, but it is what it is. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of wrap back around to that because I know we talked about it, but um, I agree. Uh, I think it was the right decision to make, uh, as unfortunate as it was for JJ and his team, but that's racing. Yeah. Um, got some more developing stories. I... <laughs> so first off, I want to talk about the screenshot Hold I on. sent you. Before you do, I was gonna I literally copied and pasted it to this page and I was gonna leave it and then I was like it's taking up too much space and I don't know how he would react, so I took it off, but I thought it was funny. You can continue now. I honestly <laughs> didn't even realize. Like I just saw the first two tweets and I was like, Oh crap, <laughs> screenshot. And then I sent it and I saw the picture underneath it from the tweet underneath it and I was like Oh, God. I was like, I'm never going to hear the end of this. Um, well, I said, holy and then I said what I said. And I was like, I don't know if he's going to get the joke and know that I didn't. Like, I read the tweets, but I was like, I'm hoping he doesn't think I referenced the tweets. I, I figured that's what you or were, you were responding the to the picture. Uh, so I thought that was funny. That was um, hilarious. I sent it, and I was like, I cracked myself up. I didn't even mean to. Like, it was just one of those that, like, I didn't even look at it. Well, when I, when I first saw it, I was like, I wonder if he knows. And he just was like, whatever, like. This is more important, but I I, I didn't funny. at the time. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the tweets that I was meaning to point out, uh, Brett Griffin called Carson Hosevar out on Twitter with the following tweets. Um, so he said, Meanwhile, Hosevar is a complete embarrassment to what we do, what we all do every week, and they do nothing. What a punk. And then he had another tweet where he actually at added Carson Hosevar. He said, hey, at Carson Hosevar, come on, uh, door bumper clear Monday, and explain why you do all the stupid shit I keep letting you get away with. I'm assuming DVC is door bumper clear. Yeah. Okay. Um, Brett's tweets were a result of Hosevar's move to bring out the caution at Talladega. Is that confirmed? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, courtesy of Eric, uh, I watched his video prior to us coming on, and because I wasn't sure what he was referring to, and I wanted to verify um, that is what he was referring to. He he did spin at Talladega to bring out a caution, um, which if you follow racing in the truck series, you know that that's not the first time he's done this. So yes, for whatever true. reason, Brett uh, Brett was just over it and decided to tweet about it um, several days later. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't have any comments. I do I do think it's kind of wrong to purpose like there. I think there's a way to do it to not make it obvious, and he's not very good at it. Yeah. Um, I've been I've been known to flip people off who purposely bring out cautions. I've done it at IRP. I've done it at uh, Anderson. I've done it at Mount Lawn. Um, if you're, it, it, I mean, do what you got to do. But when you just stop on the track and bring out a caution and ruin someone else's run or or whatever, or in this case, purposely um, bring out a caution, which is interesting because Clint Boyer did this several years ago and got fined for it big mm-hmm. time. Um, so, again, NASCAR not being consistent with their rules and, and what whatever, but um, I think if you make it obvious like Carson, I mean, you need to get penalized for it. But that's all I have to say I on that. I do think maybe Brett took it a little too far. I mean, it's still funny. It is, but you got to think. Yeah. I mean, I would have tweeted about it, like, immediately after the fact. I wouldn't have waited. But I saw another tweet uh 
regarding this, uh, discussing that, you know, Carson's still young. Like, I don't know how old he is, but I think I'm older than he is. Yeah, we are. So, like, you're calling a kid a punk bitch. Like, you know, that. that <laughs> Sorry, would, I would too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I get it, though. I get what but, you're saying. Well, yeah. and then someone else brought up the, the, a point of, you know, Brett is working in NASCAR. So, you know, is he going to get fined for this? Right. For breaking uh, conduct rules? I mean, I guess call it how you see it. but And I do think Carson's disciplined enough <clears throat> to know better. I mean, you, surely. So, I mean. I wouldn't call Carson a, a punk. I think it's funny, but I wouldn't. But I would, you know, if I was to criticize him, I probably would have called him out too and said, you know, what's your deal? <laughs> it's a, you can think it all you want, but don't say the quiet part out loud. The punk <laughs> quiet part. Don't say that out loud. Or tweet it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I would have gone a more professional route. You can get your point across to him. Without calling him a punk. Yeah. But. Whatever. Although, I mean, this is. Whatever you got to do to get the interactions, <laughs> I guess. True. I was going to say, this is dumb as f- but like, you know, your car horn works fine, but you call somebody that cuts you off names. So, I mean, I, I you know what I mean? But I don't get out and say it to their face. I'm not. We're gonna pull up to the next stoplight. I'm gonna get out and walk right up to. Tell you someone that would though. Hey, punk. Deanna would. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just a horrible analogy. But um, uh, no, I mean I agree. I don't think I, Brett do better. Do better. Call him out and have you know your valid criticism. The call out, I'm perfectly fine with. Yeah, perfectly fine. No name calling. It because it, it does make you look like an ass. It makes you look like a punk. Uh, if I must say so. <laughs> punk that. Okay, um, anything else on that topic? I got nothing. Okay, I'll cover this one because I... I'm All you, read, brother. Word, word for word. Okay, so Friday morning, today, this morning, the RTA, which is the team's uh, negotiating committee, held a 90-minute meeting with members of the media to discuss their proposal to NASCAR regarding revenue sharing. The RTA says NASCAR sat on it for months and says that NASCAR's counteroffer was not acceptable. The current charter agreements are set to expire in 2024 along with NASCAR's TV deals. Teams want a charter agreement that would provide monetary distribution from the league to cover our baseline costs, is what they said. Teams estimate that the current revenue is split 93 to 7, meaning 93% goes to NASCAR and tracks and 7% goes to the teams. Um, In comparison, F1 splits their revenue 50-50. Teams say that 60 to 80% of their budget is funded by sponsorship and a change could cripple a team, i.e. Kyle Busch. Um, the RTA provided NASCAR a seven-point proposal on revenue sharing in June. Uh, they went on to say that a counteroffer came last week and was, and quotes, a minimal increase in um, revenue and emphasis in cost-cutting. Teams responded by saying that if they were to cut costs anymore, they would have to lay off their employees. Many team owners and leaders raised alarms saying the current model does not allow for longevity and sustainability for teams in the sport. Uh, following this, NASCAR released the following statement. NASCAR acknowledges the challenges currently facing race teams. A key focus moving forward is an extension to the charter agreement, one that will further increase revenue and help lower team expenses. Collectively, the goal is a strong, healthy sport, and we will accomplish that together. You say one thing and do something completely different. I mean, you tell people what they want to hear and they'll believe it eventually. You know what I mean? I mean, I hope, 
I, I don't know. The way that teams and drivers race by NASCAR nowadays, I, I doubt that NASCAR can get away with that. Um, Lord, I hope not. Like, but I'm also starting to, and a lot of people are starting to worry about the future of NASCAR um, and what's going to happen. Um, again, I have nothing else to say. It goes back to the safety. You know, NASCAR is dropping the ball. Uh, doesn't seem like they really care if they right. waited from June till now to make a counter offer that teams are saying wasn't shit. Um, you know, these teams <laughs> are the ones that are making you money. And at some point now, I really hope these drivers and teams refuse to show up and you lose money. And then maybe you'll step up and say, okay, we need to do something different. That's all I got to say. No, I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I like, I don't have, anything I don't else know to say why I'm so frustrated, but it's like, it's, it, it's astonishing that like, <clears throat> and I mean, I think drivers and teams have really given NASCAR like a, 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 a pass by not calling them out more until now. But it's like, I love this sport and for NASCAR to, to just be dropping the ball on everything that they do regarding teams and drivers is, is ridiculous. And for these drivers and teams to come out week to week for 36 weeks of the year or whatever, and put on a show for your fans. And these people are willing to pay the price that they do to go to these races. And, you tell teams this is the best we can do. And these like Jeff Gordon said that Hendrick Motorsports would be losing money this year and they haven't had a profitable year in, in many years. Um, and I know that I know that racing is expensive and it's hard to make a profit, but like this is the NFL of racing and you know, for these teams to not be making any money and they're always breaking, not even breaking even they're losing money and then to tell them that they, they need to keep cutting costs, and it's like, now you're putting people's lives in in the balance. You know, because you're going to have to tell these, if these teams cut any more costs, they're going to let lay off people. I mean, eventually you tell teams to cut costs enough, they're not even going to be able to just have a race car. Like, you're going to lose teams. Yeah. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't have an opinion on people comparing F1 and NASCAR. They're obviously very different, but, you know, F1 outbeats NASCAR every single time with everything they do. Like, why is it that F1, I mean, I don't know, disregard, disregard that thought. I don't know. I guess NASCAR better pick up, you know, the ball on this before they NASCAR doesn't exist because that's what's going to happen between safety and telling these teams that there's nothing we can do or very little that we can do to share the revenue that you're helping us make. Um, I, I, I find it hard to believe that NASCAR will still be a thing in, in the coming years. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's crazy to me that you can get in an any car F1 car and flip like crazy and walk away fine. But if you back into a, a wall in a cup car and the new cup car, you're you almost guaranteed to get a concussion. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, and it, and it goes back to these teams and drivers are the ones that are making you money. Now, granted, you could talk about, well, these drivers get paid millions of dollars, and it's like, yeah, they should. Yeah. How is it any different from any other professional athlete? But the problem is that any other sports team, they are a profitable business. Well, I mean, there's two different arguments here. You could – not really an argument, I guess, but you have that group of people that doesn't look at race car drivers as athletes. 
Oh, well, they yeah, do but, sit in a car and turn. Yeah, you Arguments know irrelevant here, but... Yeah, I, I won't even entertain that thought. Um, but but they are, in my... I mean, I guess it's in my opinion, but... Dude, most of these drivers, have they go on special diets, they have, you know... I mean, they, they're working out every week. Yeah, they put in just as much work as an NBA player. Yeah. Um, you know, sim time. Granted, I mean, yes, if you want to sit there and say they're sitting, but, like, I'm telling you, get in a race car, and, and I will promise you that... You will feel it in the morning. Um, but anyway, for any other sports team to be making money or to be a profitable business, which, again, attains and attracts new businesses to come in the sport, um, but NASCAR can't do it. And that's why I think we're also losing sponsors bec- like Mars, who's been in the sport for years and years, is because it is so expensive to sponsor a team because they have to charge a high price because they can't. <laughs> stay afloat uh yeah there ain't gonna be a nascar in the next 10 years right and then america loses its major racing series send them all back besides to, any car obviously send them but. all back to like the grassroots short track racing i know that there's no money there to be made really but honestly well there could be i mean i guess if nascar goes away and Here's what they should do. NASCAR gets eliminated, uh, which sucks because there are some cool NASCAR tracks I love watching races on. But then we invest in, like, the CRA series, the Southern Super Series. We make that the next NASCAR, where it's one big series and they all travel across the country. I would much prefer that. Yeah. I mean, give opportunities for some of these guys that – you know, there's guys that run super late models, and all their sponsors are local to them. Like, it's just little mom-and-pop shops, right? Yeah. Give them some big sponsorships. Give them some money to go out and be able to compete with these guys. Just make it interesting. So I have a question, because <clears throat> um, I just thought of it, uh, talking about short track racing. Uh, it was announced that USAC's, one yeah. of USAC's programs or yeah. series is partnered with NASCAR now. Do you think that we will ever see that on the asphalt side? Do you think we should see that on the asphalt side? It's a tough question. I mean, if you would have asked me this last year, I would have said I would love to see it on the asphalt side. Mm -hmm. But with the way things are going currently, no, I don't want to see it. Mm -hmm. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. I mean, NASCAR now, I wouldn't want to touch the short track side on asphalt. But I really like, I know we have drivers like Steven who. Does not care to move up um, because he loves short track racing so much and he wants to help build that. But it would be nice to see NASCAR. I mean, I know we have NASCAR, what is it, like NASCAR Roots or whatever, and the NASCAR Weekly shows. But if, like, NASCAR could get in some way involved in, like, the series on our side of the country, like the Southern Super Series, CRA Series, um, I think it would be cool. But then, you know, we talked about it last week, too, where the pipeline kind of dried up with drivers moving up from the late models because... But that also brings another thing into consideration here. If you give NASCAR that much power over a series like this, you know, a line's going to get crossed eventually. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it would obviously have to be, like, under very strict terms, but I guess more of, like, providing certain resources. Um, maybe television deals, um, some funding, obviously, um... But, like, the resources that NASCAR does have and sharing that with both 
asphalt and dirt, I think would be cool. Right. Because, I mean, drivers come from both. I don't know. NASCAR sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll let you cover this because this was this all this last bit of information was all Dakota's idea. I love this idea, so I'm glad I'm glad Dakota came up with this idea. Thanks. So I hope it I hope it works out. I hope it's not a flop. Um, so um, I should have asked you to share this. If you don't want us to share it tonight, I won't what? share this news. Go for it. Okay. I should have asked. I apologize. Um, so we will be making an official announcement for our newest project tomorrow. However, we would like to share it with um, you guys first who listen to the show. Um, as we get closer to the 51st annual Winchester 400, we will be talking with several drivers who will be competing throughout the weekend. We wanted to do something special as this weekend is not only a big one for these drivers and teams, but because we are going to be celebrating our one-year anniversary. Um, while we cannot wait to share... W- Oh, sorry. <laughs> While we cannot share which drivers we'll be speaking with ten- tonight, we will have that information released tomorrow. Uh, we will release these interviews throughout the week, um, counting down to the 51st annual Winchester 400. You'll be able to find these interviews on our YouTube channel, so be sure to subscribe there. We will also post short clips from each interview on our social media pages, so be sure to follow those as well. Uh, we hope that you will enjoy hearing from these drivers, and uh, we look forward to this year's Winchester 400. Yeah, so we're excited to get to talk to some people as um, they're preparing this week for a big race, Mm -hmm. big weekend. Um, I'm excited. I know you're excited. Very. Uh, I'm sure the drivers are excited. I'm ready for Winchester 400 weekend. Um, Hopefully this little sinus thing I got (laughs) going on is gone by then. It's not anywhere near as bad as it was last year, so. Yeah. But, uh, no, anyway, um, that's all I have for this week. That's all I got. I had the entry list, but we'll go over that. Oh, <clears throat> well, we do have those. are we going to, we need to talk about that. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if we'll be able to do a show next week because we'll be in Winchester. Well, I was going to propose that we just be cutting it close because we race next week, next Thursday. But if we could squeeze it in before the race, I don't know how easy that would be to do. Um, I mean, I'm sure we can make something work. So we'll hold off on this then. Okay. And then if not, we'll just release it. What? But, all right, yeah, so that's all I have this week. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in with us. Uh, we hope you come back next week once we figure out exactly what we're doing uh, for our one-year anniversary of the podcast. We thank those of you for sticking with us. Um, welcome to all the new viewers we may have, and uh, we appreciate you guys. We will talk to you next week.